You got to give me like a finger gun or something so I know. On today's podcast, your hosts TC and Chris Nicole recap the last few events of this year and share some things that they have learned as coaches and athletes during Reckless Training's inaugural year. All right, and we are back. We had a short hiatus. Uh, we missed a couple weeks, but we're going to talk about why um, we had some episodes delayed. We had so much going on um, just with events, handling athletes, running a world championship. So it's been a lot these past couple months. I'm in sweats right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we are trying to recover from all the excitement. Uh, but it was a lot of really fun things. So I'm excited to kind of recap and relive some of that. Um, so yes, thank you guys for your patience. And we want to make sure that we share some valuable content. So we're going to talk about the things that we've learned. Um, just, I mean, we both competed this year. So there are new things that we gathered. And then um, we had a lot of athletes at the stage. So um, there's things that we want to share as well that we learned. Because I think you can always be learning. Whether you're an athlete or a coach, there's always more, right? That's what TC always says. Yeah, there's always more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to make sure to include that as well. So um, is there, how do we want to start this? Um, what happened in November? I don't even remember. We're still in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So October is, we spent October down in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. That was my show. Um, and then it was really kind of pedaled down on trying to get everything together for the world championships. Yeah, the momentum was building. Yeah. Um, and then we had, what, four people compete in November? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so, had four reckless training athletes at the stage. Yeah. So October was big in, in the planning process. And then November, um, hey, shoot, it is still November. Uh, but the beginning of November was just crazy hectic. Mm-hmm. Uh, first weekend, we were up in Woodbridge. Yes. Uh, MMVA MPC. Yeah, we had three athletes, uh, one men's physique athlete, two bikini athletes compete uh, this year, which all three of them, man, uh, we're so proud because it was a grind towards the end. I feel like sometimes athletes hitting the stage at the end of the year, um, sometimes they've been competing like constantly, 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 and they're just trying to like get that last little bit of like finessing the physique. And then there's the other aspect where there's athletes that are just trying to keep up with their life and they're just trying to complete a prep and they're hitting instances where their, their environment is causing stress and the body's not responding and we're just constantly recalibrating. And I felt like all three of those people, um, had big life events, um, were all taking care of other people. And it was just a really exciting time to be able to hit that stage, finish your goal, what you accomplished. And they're just amazing groups of people. Like, and then we were able to go out to dinner and spend time with them and they're all on fire for next year. I'm getting all the messages excited about what we're going to do to improve physiques for next year. So it's a good place to be. Yeah, I think their prep this year, um, while they may not have gotten the placement they wanted, it mm-hmm. put them in a really, really good spot to start their prep for next year. Um, you know, I think, uh, like like you said, they're excited. Uh, I'm excited as well for where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, you always learn something. Mm-hmm. You should always go away learning something. And that's what I mean is like, if if anything, you learn what you're capable of. Like I could handle all of that and do these things. Just imagine when a little, like a couple of these things are ironed out and I have like a system in place, what, what you're capable of. So yeah. the first time is always going to be the worst time. Yeah. So. Two of those athletes, it was their first year competing. So that was a lot. Yeah. Um, and they had also done previous shows. So there were like some improvements, but we also learn what the body needs to make bigger advancements and bigger improvements. So, um, yeah, it it was a good time. I'm excited. I got to meet everybody. And that was one really nice thing is they all made sure to like, thank us. Um, I cannot be more grateful for every single athlete getting on stage this year, whether they were giving us gifts. Um, I had gotten flowers and jewelry and I had one athlete throwing money under my door, my hotel room door, just to help pay for like tickets and stuff. Like, uh, they paid for our dinner, like each, each event that I went to this year that I, we put in time to help handle athletes, they made sure to give back. So anybody listening, thank you for that. That is like not going unnoticed. I'm going to try not cry on this podcast, but yeah, we have a great support. Yeah. And they've done a really good job of showing their appreciation for all the work that we put in because sometimes it can feel like a really thankless job, mm-hmm. especially when you're bringing someone into a show and any competitor out there listening, you know how it goes when you start to get tired and hangry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get leaner and leaner, you're getting less food, your sleep quality starts to decrease and that's just the name of the game. You, you have know? tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Just get to the goal. And it feels like any little extra stressor is just like puts you over the top. And generally speaking, as coaches, like you hear about all that. So yeah, it can really feel like, man, I'm not doing anything right because my clients are miserable. And not not necessarily saying that everyone was miserable. I think actually everyone had a really good prep this year. Yeah. Um, really we, good we, attitudes. Yeah, good. That's what I mean. Yeah, good attitudes about their prep. So, um, yeah, it was just it it was nice to see you get that appreciation. So. Yeah, that was really sweet. So, uh, yeah, so it was really nice to, like, share a meal with people and kind of get to know them. And also, like, people get to meet other people. Um, and, like, honestly, I never thought that Reckless Training was going to be, like, a, a team. Like, I didn't necessarily facilitate, like, a team atmosphere. They, all of our clients did that. Uh, so that's kind of a really cool blessing, too, to look back on It's like, I just wanted to coach athletes. I want them to get to their goals, but they they established the camaraderie between them. And uh, yeah, it's just been really cool to see it evolve. But yeah, we are proud of those athletes getting on stage. We're heading into the holidays. Um, but yeah, there were two other big things that happened before we got to Thanksgiving. So um, yeah, do you want to... Oh, wait. I also wanted to talk about that I thought was really cool at this um, show. They did like a military tribute. And it was on Veterans Day. So they actually had um, all the men line up behind the curtain because uh, it was like a... I don't know. What would you call it? An auditorium? It was in a high yeah, school. It was like a performing arts center in a high school. Yeah. And then they raised the curtain. They had this young girl sing national anthem. She did a crazy phenomenal job. I was like, why is this girl not like have a record deal yeah then we get went got her autograph at uh <laughs> we, yeah we were which i saw her at ben weir by the way I don't oh think yeah i told you that oh, i yeah. saw her and her family yeah um so yeah they 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 had a, tri- a tribute and that always makes me super emotional because we are very thankful to our 
uh, military and people who make that sacrifice. That's a huge sacrifice. Um, yeah, it's just, I think that people who make that choice, they're making that choice, not just for themselves, but they're making it for other people and their families are affected as well too. So uh, yeah, so thank you to our military as well. This is just a big thank you. We're thankful for Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, that that I thought was really nice that they were able to do that. And it's also a privilege to have had athletes that were um, veterans or <clears throat> active military that we help coach. Yeah. Which they did it for the women too. Yes. You know, it, was, it was the men and the women. First, yes. I mean, yeah. men show was in the AM. They did the tribute for them. And then when the women came out at two o'clock, um, you know, they had all the female veterans line up too. Which that was a unique structure. Mm -hmm. um, most shows you have like a prejudging in the morning and then you have a finals uh, a little bit later. And this was set up so that men were doing prejudging and finals back to back. And then they had a break or an intermission and then they brought women and they did prejudging and finals after that. And there's pros and cons to this setup. I think that the, I like the efficiency of it like just rolling through you don't have to like wait a couple hours to get back on stage and do finals like for you did this um a similar show that had this set up and like we were done by 11 30 in the morning it was like okay <laughs> do you want breakfast or lunch or like it was just nice to have that break and i also think it's beneficial for women to have a little bit more time to get hair makeup tan done i hate waking up at like a stupid time in the morning just to get all my beauty done like uh, so I think it allowed for a little bit more flexibility, more rest and um, stuff like that. So I did like that setup. I did feel like it was hard for particularly, I would say, like the the men's athletes, I felt like, because there were a couple of people that did crossover um, categories. So this was a Virginia State and Armed Forces uh, show. So there was like a couple of shows combined and mid-Atlantic um, and there were a couple of people that would do like bodybuilding and then they did classic and then they did men's physique and it was that's a lot mm -hmm. to do all of that pre-judging and then do all of those finals like you just don't stop yeah, and, roll right through. and I felt like people's bodies were changing actively like I'd see that person in bodybuilding super crisp and then by the time they got the men's physique they were losing detail on their back because they were working so hard so that's the the caveat I think is that would be a little bit challenging to kind of make sure that the body can keep up with all that posing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure you have enough, like, you know, quick carbs to keep you going. Cause you don't have that meal in between. Yeah. And if you're doing a bunch of categories, like, which I've, I've seen women do that too. And oh, what an obstacle. Uh, but yes. Okay. So I think that that pretty much sums up that show. And then the next weekend, well, not even a weekend. That yeah, was Saturday. Started. Yeah, so that was Saturday. We drove back Sunday. And then we hit the ground running. So Monday and Tuesday kind of <clears throat> were only at home prep days for the World Championships. And then Wednesday morning, um, I was up at the hotel at you know 6.30 waiting for the screen guy to get there so that we can set that up. So. Mm -hmm. Um, that was Wednesday set up and then the events were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So four days. Yeah. For the event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a big weekend. Um, we had a lot of fun. It was my first time 
so I was involved in the world championships last year, but it was more of a learning experience. All I did was kind of initiate the use of lifting cast in the federation, um, which yeah, helped the pro like the meet run a lot smoother. That's for sure. Um, but this year. We did a lot of new things. We got a LED wall. Uh, we did athlete goodie bags. We did athlete coach and VIP badges. Um, we had a videographer slash photographer service there. Um, Which shout out to Aaron. Yeah, Aaron Kim. Like, oh my gosh. Visuals by Ask. He, he does a phenomenal job. I and, can't stop watching this stuff that's yeah. on Instagram. And this was his uh, first like big powerlifting event too. Like he shot a couple little you know, like gym-based seminars before, but, I mean, hats off to him for being able to kind of adapt to the new sport and really make all of these athletes just look, like, so super cool, so. Uh, he's gifted. He's, yeah. You're definitely, yeah. Aaron, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. So, yeah, big shout-out to him. Um, more things to come on that. You know, we're, we're looking for more ways that we can incorporate him into the Federation, uh, whether it's, like, travel into different events maybe doing some social media managing, but you know, more, more to come on that. We'll, we'll see. Um, we're always looking for other small businesses to help to, to grow with, um, because that's what reckless training is. And we just, there's strength in numbers, right? So if we can help someone else up off the ground, that's what we're going to do. And if it's mutually beneficial where to where we can both grow and expand and that's what we're going to do. And that's the kind of relationships that we're looking to build with people and different small businesses. So, yeah. And I can say like as a bodybuilder, in that powerlifting world that was a really cool event like that was highly entertaining and no offense i've been to powerlifting events mm -hmm. before and i've been really bored and yeah. sorry to powerlifters listening but no everyone knows unless you know someone on that platform it's it's really not the most exciting thing in the world and that's you know that's why it's hard to sell and and that can be true of bodybuilding shows too mm -hmm. i've seen i've sat in somewhere i'm like oh my gosh like can okay but anyhow um yeah especially the amateur shows you know you you ha you have to like you have to know what's going on i think um that that's an advantage but i would say this 100 percent raw world championship was really neat um like having that backdrop screen like kind of set the atmosphere yeah i wish that was ken stewart from you know he uh he runs tyson's playground and uh iron built gym with ray williams oh yeah the, yeah yeah which ray williams came down he came down on saturday and like took some pictures with people talked like man he's just got the happiest smile like it's crazy he's he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet yeah so, he's super sweet his um, gym is awesome yeah so you know if you're ever in ashland virginia which is just north of richmond it's like right on the tip of the the northern tip of the 295 beltway um, definitely stop by Iron Built Gym. They have uh, a ton of really nice machines, including like any, they call it the powerlifting paradise. I think they have, you know, five it's platforms. It's labeled on yeah. the wall too. It's, it's great. It's a really nice powerlifting gym, a bunch of calibrated plates, a bu all the bars that you can need, you know, platforms, squat racks, combo racks. They have everything you need. They have, uh, Panada machines throughout the gym. They have, um, they're just opening this Saturday. They're opening their, uh, what's the other side called? I the name mm. Blackout. They're opening yes. the Blackout side of the gym, which is, you know, for females. So they have an entire room dedicated to glute machines. 
Um, yeah, that was, I was, I've been there. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Chris but broke it in for him. I used all of them. <laughs> Let me see how this works. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they have a really nice facility up there. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like I said, if you're in Ashland, definitely check them out. But yeah, huge shout out to Ken. Him and his team did a freaking phenomenal job on that backdrop. And they even, you know, tried to get some of the lifters profiles in that, that didn't get their stuff in on time. They, they work some overtime for us, and we're just exceptionally appreciative for, for them making that happen. So, Which was cool, because when an athlete would come up to the platform, mm-hmm. they would have their profile up there behind them. So had their picture, a couple questions about... Uh, yeah, like powerlifting role model, your from. favorite lift, yeah, where yeah. you're from. So It was cool. So you were like highlighted, and then um, they had like music and a DJ. And I think people... Did some people get to... Yeah, some people submitted, you know, for their third attempt. That wasn't like super structured. So okay. next next year I'll probably be asking people for um, third attempt song selection for squat bench and deadlift, so that we can go through and make a playlist. Sure. While they're going through the first two attempts, and then by the time the third attempt comes up, we can put that playlist on. Just click next when it's you know the next lifter's up. But um, yeah, so that was that was one of the things that we want to improve on next year. Can you imagine going to the gym and every time you're about to do your big lift, you have your... Well, I guess people can't do that. Well, in your headphones. But yeah. Then, but then when it's everyone else and everyone else is feeling the energy that you feel with yeah. that same song, it just... It takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm looking for next year is I really want to... Like you said, the, the backdrop makes these lifters feel like... Um, you know, exemplified, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're put up on there the screen yeah. for everyone to see. And then the the music is gonna kinda give people a glimpse into their life, into their brain and, and what's going on in their head when they're coming up to that bar for their their third attempt, you know, leaving it all on the platform. So Which is really cool. And I feel like it was a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Like there is a good amount of people. Yeah. Like, even on there. Sunday, which is normally our smallest day for the spectators, even on Sunday we had a, a ton of people there. So yeah. Um, I'm aiming to double our numbers for next year, um, for, you know, athletes and obviously spectators, um, which if that happens the following year, we're not going to be able to use that same venue. So this year, like, I think, like you said, there was good energy in there. Um, but you know, if we double our numbers next going into next year, it's going to feel that room is going to be super full. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, which is good. That's a good problem to have. So, so, um, and the, and I think you like touched on it. I really felt like this was about the athletes. Yeah. Like I felt like there were so many small touches to help people feel special, which I think you should feel that way when you're going to a world championship. Mm-hmm. Like this is the biggest event. So like having your name badge with your, you know, picture on it and, and people wore them everywhere. Like yeah. I there love some people wearing them on the platform. They were lifting you know, with their badges yeah. on. Yeah. Which I thought was great. And then we had coaches badges mm-hmm. and staff badges. Like it was very organized um, because I know that there was a little bit of like shuffling last year where it was difficult because there were people in areas that they shouldn't have like didn't need to yeah. be in. And um, again, that's not rigidity for just being controlling, but for the athlete experience. Mm-hmm. And I think once I explained that to some people, because some people did complain about having to buy the coach's pass. Sure. Um, well, when it's new, that's yeah, hard. Yeah. So now uh, I'm an athlete first, and that is kind of what I went into this event organization with the mindset of. So 
my idea was to a make the lifters feel special so we accomplished that with the led backdrop with the the profiles um and the goodie bags right like we want you here we value you, you being here um this was also the first year that we gave them a free t-shirt with the registration that's right yeah um so all of that we want you guys to know that we appreciate you coming because we would not have this event without you as the lifter um, the next step was making sure that they had adequate space for the warm up area. And you just, you touched on that before about people being in areas they shouldn't like last year, we had people congregating around the door that you would come in through to get to the platform. And cause they're all trying to watch the platform, but like y you can't be, and that was where the warm up area was too. Last year oh, it, was, okay. it was right outside that door. So people would just go walk back in that door and, you know, in that be in that area and just kind of stand around and in the lifters way. And it's like, it's already small enough and having extra people in there is just making it feel even more crowded Sure. and, and someone's going to get hurt. And if you don't have a membership, you're not covered under our liability insurance. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's just a lot of reasons as to why we put that into play. And we try to keep the price reasonable. Like you go to a bodybuilding show and it's, it's minimum $150 for a backstage pass. And then you mm -hmm. also have to buy an NPC card, which is a another $150. Mm -hmm. Um, so what we did this year is, is we didn't make the coaches buy a membership. We just had them sign a liability release. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was just $50 per day for the coaches pass. Yeah. So, and if you brought a team, you know, we would, we would cover your coaches pass for you. So that, that's going to be something that we kind of verify and solidify the details on going forward. Um, but I think that that worked really well at just at keeping people out of the warm up area that weren't supposed to be there. Sure. Uh, we also asked lifters like, Yes, you have access to the warm-up area. If it's not your flight or session, please don't just go hang out there. Yeah. And and I think that the lifters really respected that because when it was their time, they didn't want other people in there. Exactly. So they understood. Plus, they wanted to be outside watching the event. Yeah, I think for the most part, people were very good, very mm -hmm. respectful. I felt like I saw more people like focused in the zone than I've seen at events before. Like mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I think that atmosphere breeds... It, or it helps breed that um, mentality as well too. So, um, yeah, the athletes brought it. We had people from a couple different countries, which was really cool. Yeah, we had India, Dubai, uh, Germany, Canada, and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And I believe next year we'll, we should have a team from uh, Kazakh. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. I always say that wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's another one that I didn't even know the place was a country, um, but. It's, you know, they, they reached out to us, you know, they do a bunch of strict curls, so they want to come next year too. So, um, yeah, we're growing. Um, we're looking to get some meets in Germany this upcoming year. We are supposed to be in Italy. We have an event scheduled for Wales, Dubai, and India. Um, and you know, that's just the start. So we're, so we need passports. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause we can't drive there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess you still need a passport. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you and I are, are going to plan on doing any international trips in 2024. I think we have like some some stuff on the home front that I want to really like solidify. So we have the the Miami Expo in June. Yeah. And then we have the World Championships obviously again in November. Yeah. Um and I really want to ideally I'd love to lift in next year's worlds. And what I learned this year was that's not possible unless everything is taken care of and solidified beforehand. And this year, like the staffing roster wasn't necessarily solidified as, as well as I wanted it to mm -hmm. uh, to be. And there were some other issues that I just, 
I knew if I went and tried to put a singlet on, I was still going to be a meat director in a singlet. I wasn't going to be an athlete. And so if you weren't there, uh, this is what it was like. TC, 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 <laughs> TC. Uh, so I would just wait my turn if I needed him for anything. But um, that, yeah, I think that would be difficult as an athlete. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete listening, you know you have to be focused on mm-hmm. what you're there to do whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting, like it doesn't matter. There, ha- There's that mentality aspect and it'll be a delicate balance to be running an event. And I think that you're accruing a good team mm-hmm. and that's what will continue to make us successful and allow you that opportunity to compete as well. Yeah, I think this year we kind of showed people what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, all, all the staffing, like Paul Bossy has done a great job yes. building a core support group uh, in this mid-Atlantic region. So... Having Worlds there is is nice because there's a bunch of people who want to come and help out. Um, so that was that was really nice. But this year we did a lot of new things, mm-hmm. and there, I mean, no one had any experience with it. And I was the only one who had all this stuff formulated in my brain. And I'm not always the best at, at broadcasting what's in my brain. Sure. Beforehand, yes. Yes. so um, yeah, it was it was a lot just to try to coordinate and keep everyone on the same page um, and and troubleshoot and problem solve. Like while the meet was going off, there was a problem with the tablet I had to run up there and fix it. If, you know, there was one point where the spotters were kind of slowing down and and yeah, I saw you jump in. Yeah, had had to jump in for the end of that flight and but that kind of lit a fire under them too. So the next flight, I think that one was it, that flight lasted from like nine in the morning until like one thirty in the afternoon. Mm. The next flight was like two to six it was super quick Mm. but it was because we had the spotters up there and i had they came up and they're like oh tc we can do it now well no you're too slow and i said it like kind of tongue-in-cheek smiling but i didn't allow them to come back up so that when they did they had something to prove sure and you know it was it was great they 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 did a great job i feel like i were pretty much for the most part everyone rose to the occasion yeah Yeah. they leaned into the changes they were excited about i mean Mm -hmm. we had so many people i think i had people telling me like we're thankful for what you do (laughs) guys i'm like doing very minimal things there but um i think that both you and paul bossy did a great job like coordinating collaborating together putting because i think it took the combination of the two of you to bring it to this place yes and uh so yeah the Props to Paul Bossy too with Raw, and there was a lot of other people. I'm I don't know everyone. Oh name, yeah, there's but... there's so many people. Like, please don't think that just because we don't say your name right now, like we're not appreciative of the help. Like, all I did was ask people if they would be interested in helping. Okay, and then like I just kind of kept everything together mm-hmm. during uh, on the meet day. But there were so many people involved in this. We literally couldn't do it without a team of like i think we had almost 50 people on the staffing list and yeah judges um, mm-hmm. spotters loaders mm-hmm. i mean even people that are helping run the concession stand mm-hmm. sherry running t-shirts uh people just like keeping athletes uh in the right sp- yep spots. the expediters you the know bouncers we'll yeah. call them like they did a great job yeah which shout out to our client michael who showed up and helped us yeah. uh one of those days that was really sweet it ran the smoothest it did all weekend he did you great. Guys were out there. yeah he was cracking me up too um but yeah i felt i felt like athletes were respectful i felt like staff worked together really well like yeah uh, yeah i think that it was a really cool and i think we just brought a new energy like the energy, I feel like, was just completely different, whereas in the past, it was almost like kind of familial, bordering on... Um, Family picnic. Yeah, yeah. And this year, it was like, we're here 
for a job to prove something yeah and like the athlete's job was to crush it on the platform mm-hmm. and the the expediter's job was to like and they owned it and i feel like yes like giving these people the responsibilities sometimes in the past it's felt like well why me just get someone else to do it and i feel like this year it was people took ownership of their roles and they weren't going to let someone else do it better than them mm-hmm. yeah and, and i loved it every yeah. second of it so and then you know back to aaron he just Man, he captured it all. He captured the the feel of the event. And I just, man, the very first uh, recap trailer that he put out, like Chris and I watched it like a million times. <laughs> and we just couldn't get over how, how cool it made all the athletes look and how, how fun it was and how pumped up it made us. So Yeah. Yeah, it's on Instagram. If you go to reckless mm-hmm. training, reckless underscore training on Instagram, it is one of the reels. Uh, I think it's the picture of like a bunch of the raw medals that were there. Uh, but yeah, I did. I didn't. I was laying in bed watching it because I was like so excited. Which don't do that. Go to sleep. But <laughs> <laughs> it was super cool. And uh, and every time I watch meal a reel, it makes me emotional. So I was like excited, and then I couldn't sleep, and just proud of everybody for doing such a good job. So yeah, and also shout out to OCD Cookies. Yes, um, they really came through for us. They sent us a bunch of cookies for the athlete goodie bags. Um, which were all delicious. People were asking, hey, do you have the flavor that was a sample cookie? I was like, oh man, no, I don't. <laughs> but I think it was just like a chocolate chip cookie with some mm-hmm. caramel in it too. And it was just, just super classic, but super basic, but just really, really delicious. Yeah. So, but the cookie flavors that we did get, everyone raved about them. Everyone loved them. Um, so we're definitely going to be bringing them back next year. Um, and anyone listening, we do have a discount code. It's reckless13. Um and you can go on ocdcookies.com and, you know, any, any order that you place, you can use that code for 13% off. So, um, and then the other shout out was uh, Core Nutritional is an arms race. Um, yes. Came through with some, you know, sticker packs, like some little key tags as giveaway items. And um, they helped us out with some samples for the goodie bags and the actual goodie bags themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have a, a discount for Core Nutritionals. It's just raw 20 so anyone who needs core nutritionals or any any other supplements like core nutritionals has a super full lineup like if whatever you need whether it's protein creatine pre-workout or multivitamin fish oil joint support or liver support prostate support uh inflammation support heart support like literally if you need it i'm sure they have something that can help you um yeah, i like you, their protein to be honest they have a ton of good flavors and you love their vegan protein i like all their protein and yeah. i'm picky about protein their mm-hmm. pro protein which is like whey casein yeah. mix uh which i find more like whey it's it's mostly whey and isolate oh okay um, but they do have like milk protein it says casein on the front but then it, in the ingredients it just says milk protein oh, okay it say they have some really good flavors i really like the coconut because I'll mix that with like raspberries in like a ninja bullet blender thing and make like a frozen smoothie. That's delicious. Yeah. Uh, but their vegan protein is very good too. Um, I'll mix that with yogurt and then also their pudding. Yeah. Uh, which is more of a casein type yeah, of yeah. thing. But they're very like decadent, desserty, And so I'll mix that with Greek yogurt and throw it in the uh, freezer for like 10 minutes. So yeah, they, they have some good stuff. Yeah, and they just came out with the brownies and the blondies right beforehand. And oh, uh, yeah. man, shout out to Dave Reinecke because he like he hooked it up. He got stuff shipped out super quick. Like as soon as they sent that email out for the wholesalers, I I emailed him and he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we're we're gonna drop on Black Friday, but 
uh you know because you're having this event let's let's get you hooked up so and those sold out like everyone yeah, loved those things we're like where are they mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're gone yeah and now that now i saw them they post on instagram that the warehouse sold out too and i'm, I'm not surprised at all like yeah. those things were delicious they were good yeah so yeah again shout out to core nutritionals for their help um and again if you need any supplements use code raw 20 you'll get 20 percent off yeah yes so yeah i thought it was a pretty cool event i liked the um i just really liked meeting people from different countries and um they're just so happy to be there too oh my gosh and like they're just proud of their where their country to represent their country and i don't know i just was like all good vibes the whole entire time and but we had something else happen that weekend oh yeah so in the middle of it um (laughs) i drove up to alexandria because we had ben weeder we had our final reckless training athlete janelle competing in her first like big event um and this is like an athlete that i've worked with for uh, i don't even know how long maybe maybe a over a year maybe two years just in building correcting um like she literally started with me right after a show so we went through a reverse helped get her body back up to baseline went into like a building phase we she worked really hard for this year and took her time and trusted me uh and it paid off which my gosh um yeah she looks phenomenal and this is like the if this is the start holy cow um just the shape and like the depth of her glutes and yeah mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. yeah she looks fantastic so that was that was both uh like hard and exciting for me because i couldn't wait to get up there and meet her i had never met her it was like two years and i never meet this girl uh, but then I, also all this stuff was happening with raw but you know i was a big girl i got in my car <laughs> and uh, i drove up there and it was totally worth it um it was nice to spend that's the thing that is nice i think sometimes when you don't have like 20 athletes competing you can have a little bit of a closer connection with the people that you're there to you know yeah. to coach and i got to hang out with janelle and her her boyfriend pete for <laughs> the whole two days and uh they're just great company and great people so and it was my first time at ben weeder so i was like trying to figure out all the things uh just as much as i think they were yeah because you said the structure was a little different there too yeah so they had it for they had pro men competing in the morning well they started. So pro men, I think, started at eight and they did prejudging and finals. Then they took a break and they did women pro, like all the female pro categories, because this is a natural drug tested event. Um, and they did prejudging and finals and then they had a break and then they did the amateur females. And then on the second day on Saturday, they had all amateur males. And then I think they had another show actually combined into that because I think Aaron was telling me about how. It was running into like midnight, but anyhow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, but what you know, his guy working that event was up there, and he said we just started finals at midnight. Yeah. So, which was funny because you know Aaron thought he had a late night because we actually ran until about eleven thirty that night because we mm-hmm. had the Hall of Fame dinner after our lifting on Saturday, which we had seventy five lifters on a single platform uh, lift on Saturday, and then we had the Hall of Fame dinner, and then we had the pro strict curl, which started, we started lifting for the pro strict curl at 9.30 at night, so. Yeah, that was a long day. Mm-hmm. I think we went to bed at two and you were up mm-hmm. at five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 
like I said, so I had, you know, Jenna and I just waited around until I think about two o'clock. They started um, the amateur uh, section. So, um, what did, so I think that that was, I mean, this, I've had several shows where people are competing in the afternoon. And prior to that, most of my experience has been people competing like crack of dawn, like they're getting on stage. Um, or kind of like midday. So it was it was interesting to try and like time food. I just kept checking on her, which um, there were four elevators in this building. This was like a crazy uh, design building. And two of them were broken. So um, we found a secret elevator. <laughs> Shh, don't, don't tell them. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyhow, I could find my way to her. And I just would just keep checking on her and just seeing like, okay, uh, eat this food, do some posing. I'll come back and check on you. Um, and I think that she did a really good job. Like she was on top of everything all the time. And, oh, and the other thing was um, we had gotten hair and makeup for her, but it was at a different hotel. So I was very thankful that I had my car and that I had drove driven up there. So And your curling iron. Yes. So I, yeah, I drove her to her hair and makeup appointments. She just kept me updated on what was happening. And also that parking garage is so small. The part, like the spots are for like clown size cars. And my car is not, I have an SUV, but it's not that big. No, it's a little Toyota Highlander. It's and, a small SUV. And there's no like, I'm just going to go on a tangent. Anyhow, it was very tight and the parking was a little bit crazy. But anyhow... Um, yeah, so I could drive her to her appointment, and I think because it was running late, like her curls actually were falling a little bit, so I was thankful I had my curling iron there, and we just touched up her hair before she got, and it looks beautiful in her stage shots. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to kind of like take care of that, and I could tie her suit in for her, because that's the other thing too, is I feel like um, most people don't know how to wear their suit. Um, like how to fit the bottoms on, like, cause you can wear it very wrong. I've worn it very wrong. Um, so I could make sure that was placed nicely on her. And, um, and also the other thing I found was the backstage area was so crowded. They had like a curtain up, um, and like a little doorway. And I felt like there were people just like piled on top of each other. So she and I hung out on the other side of that curtain, which, was fantastic because we weren't bombarded by, I get stressed out with like big crowds. So her and I had a little bit more like seclusion. We could talk. We met a couple other people that got the, the idea and sat out there with us. <clears throat> and I think that was just like good for her mentality as well, getting lined up and getting on stage. So, um, yeah, it was a fun event. It was really cool. Competition was like fierce, um, you know, sometimes you don't know when you're going to like an assisted or unassisted event, what bodies are going to show up. And I just felt like it was pretty competitive. I was really proud of those people, um, showing up on stage and, um, especially like end of the year coming in strong. So yeah, we got good feedback. We talked to judge Becky, got good feedback on what needs a, we need a tweak with her. And honestly, I think it's very reasonable. Um, so we're just back to the drawing board. She's super motivated as well. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I spent all day yesterday and the day before doing show planning. I felt like I was planning like 20 weddings, 20 to 30 weddings. Uh, but it's exciting ramping up for the new year. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up Ben Weeder. 
Yeah. And then you came back to the craziness of Virginia Beach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then I packed up all my stuff, drove all the way back down and, uh, yeah, dived right back into powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I felt like things were good. Like they were running really well. Like I think th- some of the like finessing of figuring out how things operated were in the beginning. So I was glad that I was there for that. But then you got like the wheels turning and it's just a matter of like doing the same thing. each. Yeah. Time. I still missed you. Oh, <laughs> well, I missed you too. Yeah. I was happy to be back. Yeah. And, uh, and I felt like everybody's just like, Hey Chris, like super positive and it's good to belong. Yeah. You're a celebrity. <laughs> IBFF bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they never get my credentials right. <laughs> That's okay. It's just some letters. The ABC bro. You can make you whatever. <laughs> yeah. She's a pro of some letters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to hand out awards, which was really fun. Um, I love that part. I love like looking at that person and smiling at them and telling them congratulations and then getting to like get, stand there and give them a picture or point to them. Or I had a couple of people that were like, will you do a flex photo with me? And I'm like, yeah. So we're flexing on the platform. Like it was pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot of good, a weekend full of really cool people. And even at Ben Weeder, I got to see people from the shop gym that I haven't seen in a while. Like Skylar and Corey, I got to catch up with them and, people that I've handed out awards with before. I saw a couple other coaches that I knew and, um, uh, and Cash was like excited. I think his, um, one of his girls won the overall. So I'm like high-fiving him. Like we're like, I had just met him that weekend, but it's, it's what you make of it, right? Like you could go there like really stressed out and really um, like let anxiety ride or or dictate your experience there and I I knew this was like a big show this was like a big step but I also knew that there was so much opportunity and and also there's a lot out of my control so go you hang out with people you have a lot in common you make good connections you celebrate people that's what I made sure to do is like even if I felt uncomfortable or if I felt nervous I made sure to smile at people and celebrate them because I genuinely am excited for people like I would be a horrible judge because I'd want everyone to win. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going on tangent now. But, yes, Ben Weeder and Worlds. Yeah, well, I, th- <clears throat> I think you do a really good job. Your smile is just, like, so inviting, uh, inviting and welcoming. So I know that a lot of people have asked specifically if you're going to be there handing out awards or if you're going to be at the <gasps> score table. And, really? Yeah, I know, like, Yogi, he was like, oh, is that, is that your wife? Was she doing the score table at NC State Championships? And she's always so nice, and she was helpful, and she made me feel welcome. And, you know, there's just people always have so many positive things to say about oh, you that's when sweet. you come help. So, yeah, it's it's always very much appreciated when you can be there to help. So Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I think it's fun. It was fun. So, and then after that, we had, uh, it was Thanksgiving week. So we, <laughs> man, it was, we finished cleaning up um at the hotel on sunday at about 10 o'clock at night um we spent the night there we woke up the next day jumped my car yeah because yeah chris left like three of her doors open (laughs) not all the way open but like they were were open enough to leave the light on so her battery was super super dead when we (laughs) went out there um just trying to survive guys yeah she was hurrying for me i was excited too yeah so, yeah, we got up, we worked out, we got home, we got unpacked on Monday, and then we did our most of our check-ins Tuesday, uh, and then we were driving up to Philly on Wednesday to see Chris's parents, So, and that's where we are now. Yeah, so 
here we are. Yeah, it's just been it's been one thing after the next, and then um, it's it's been nice to be able to slow down a little bit and and think about you know go over everything in our mind about what happened and how we can improve for next year. Um, but like Chris was touching on earlier, it's it's also really exciting to be able to sit down and think about these clients and their show paths and uh, their their progression and how we can make their training the most efficient. So. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've been going through and doing a bunch of mobility testing for these people. Um, when when we first get someone on, we do an overhead squat test and a single leg sit-down test uh, to try to look for some compensations there. And then as your training progresses, we look at different mobility aspects and see how we can really maximize your um, effectiveness for the for the gym. So um, that's kind of the stage that we're in right now. And, and I'm, I'm really excited because everyone is hungry. And that is the perfect time to give them new things is when they're fed and excited and motivated. Mm -hmm. So you give them like some really hard days in the gym where they can just go in and beat the crap out of themselves. And then you give them some uh, mentally taxing days in the gym so that they can maintain that mental intentionality when they're, when they're in there working on stuff. Sure. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Everyone's super motivated and, and um, we bought some educational things for on Black Friday sale. And that's what we bought for Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. We bought a few items of clothing that were extremely discounted because we just look like ragamuffins half the time yeah. we're going anywhere. Well, this doesn't look professional. So we bought a couple items of clothing, but yeah, we made some purchases on, like you said, educational. Uh, I mean, there's nothing more motivating than your athlete that wants to do better. Like to me, that's like everything. You want to do better? Well, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And as a coach... Um, you know, that's that's our responsibility to continue to advance. We learned a lot this year. We did a lot of good things, but there's always more. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be, yeah, we'll be um, putting ourselves through some educational stuff. I can't wait. I'm really excited. Um, okay. And so we also wanted to talk about things that we learned because we talked about, uh, you know, our ending events. Uh, well, we're not we're not done. We'll we'll be traveling next month as well. But um, hmm. Yeah, we'll be flying out next week for California. Yes. We'll so we've got California coming yeah. up December tenth. If you're in California, registration is still open. Um, dude is giving out uh, a ton of money in prizes. Um, this is gonna be a fun. Yeah, he's given like curl bars, he's given money, he's given registrations, he's given shirts. Like he, John Wong out there, he's, he's our new California rep and he's definitely doing a phenomenal job at growing the, the sport out there. Um, and right now he's he's just been doing strict curl meets, but um, we'll, we'll get him into powerlifting. And uh, I mean, he's yeah. also a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. And he also does bodybuilding. Like he's competed at Mr. America. And I think the the Arnold and Mr. America, I think both he did the amateur uh, men's physique, and then he went and did strict curl at the same competition on Get the same out. day. Yeah, so like he he's, would. Yeah, yeah, he's he's wild. He's yeah. out there. He's just doing the most, and we're just perpetually impressed and um, appreciative of this guy. So yeah, it'll be fun to support him. Yeah, if you guys have any questions about you know this this registration for this one coming up, let me know. Um, and going forward, we're aiming to have an event um, next year. I don't know if it's going to be this time of year or in the summer, but we're aiming to have an event out there uh, on Muscle Beach next year. So, sweet. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. We like I said, we got a lot of things in the works, and uh, 
Yeah, a lot, a lot to be excited about. So how can they contact you about the strict curl? Um, What's you can reach out. So we do have raw underscore powerlifting underscore CA is the California page on Instagram. Um, or my Instagram is at longshotgamble, all one word. And, uh, you know, feel free to shoot me a message on there and, and you know, let me know what, you, what questions you got. Perfect. Okay, cool. So do you want to talk, well, since we were talking about athletes, let's talk about things that we learned as coaches, and then we could talk about stuff that we've learned as athletes. Um, so I think as a coach, like, it's good to take, like, retrospectively look at the year, look at your athletes. We have an athlete playbook that we actually have set up that we share um, where I take everyone's stage shots, I put them in a folder, I write down their date of their show, their feedback, their placement, because I want to keep an eye, like the worst is to like have someone tell you the same feedback year after year after year. Like, okay, conditioning, I think can sometimes fall into that category because for some people, conditioning is a little bit more difficult, yeah. but you don't want to be like hearing, uh, you know, more, more muscle year after year. Um, Which unfortunately in the bikini category, that's probably your, those are your two conditioning points. They're either going to tell you, I mean, two feedback points. They're either going to tell you conditioning or glute depth. That's true. I mean, that's kind of like a default. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear that. Uh, so always have more glutes and always come in tighter conditioning, yeah. which is part of my point is that I think that if you're hearing those things, those are things you need to make sure that your athletes are coming undeniably to shows with. So conditioning, I think, um, has been... I think that I've pushed people more this year, but I also think that I can push them further. And I think that's a hard line to find as a coach if you're a caring person. I think if you just don't give a flying about people, then you can just tell them like, too bad, so sad, do it anyways, and put it aside. But if you care about the people and you're developing relationships, it's uncomfortable to make them uncomfortable. So evolving as a coach means being a little bit tougher and harder on people, pushing them where they, you know, might not love you that day, but they'll be grateful in the end because they knew that you helped them reach their potential. So I think that definitely hands down, um, we did a good job bringing fullness to stage. I did not feel like people were uh, flat or um, not, they didn't nothing was said about shape. I feel like everyone had great shape, but conditioning, I think that I would like to see that improved this year. Um, and which I think you, you did a great job at giving people more food this year. Um, and I think that's something right. you've, we've learned in the past like year or so, yes. um, that a, you need more food to grow muscle in the growing season and B when you have more food in the growing season, you can afford to maintain a higher calorie count in, mm -hmm. in the peaking season. Mm -hmm. And I think like this year helped set up people, like you said, really well for next year mm -hmm. because it wasn't a continuous deficit from January 1st to December 31st where we're kind of bouncing into like maintenance calories. It's like a clear cut. You are now dieting and now you are not. And so I think that uh, like cyclical platform or setup is will help with conditioning as well too. Um, but I mean, I felt like people were coming in full, like so well that there was no need for like 
pump up stuff. Like they were waking up that morning looking a little bit flat. They would drink a little bit of water, eat a little bit of food, and they would be right there. So I think like the timing of peaking in, definitely improved. The more chances I had to do that with an athlete, like mock peak or mop, do that, the, the more that we could kind of like figure out what the threshold was. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I was happy about that. You, you want to have full glutes up there. And I felt like everybody really did a good job. Um, and then show planning is something I tried some new things this year, um, with putting people in front of different judges, different areas. Um, I think some things worked well. I think some things were more stressful for people. So I think that that's, you don't know until you try. Everything is like a wonderful idea in theory. Like I had no one that I was like, no, too bad. You need to go do this show anyway. We were like, yeah, this is a great idea. We would, you know, maybe we tried it and they were like, hmm. I think that next year I'd feel more comfortable with, you know, something closer to home or uh, a different like time frame or, you know, like I got really good feedback from people. Um, and that's the name of the game with coaching too, is how to set up their show path that's specific to that person. Because what's good for me might not be good for someone else. Um, so I was very appreciative of trying different things. And I felt like I did. Uh, whereas I think before it was like the same timeline for everybody. Everybody was going to the same type of show regionally than the same type of show nationally. And I kind of like tried different things with different people. And that was that was kind of cool. That definitely taught me a lot. Um, also felt like judging feedback was pretty much what we expected this year. Um, which was encouraging to me that we're on the right track. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the athletes on stage and I see where my athlete is, I can tell you like, okay, this athlete needs to do this next time to match that. I think if you're sitting there and you have no idea what the, that's the most frustrating thing. I don't know why they're in that placement. Like I thought they looked great. That's like not where you want to be as a coach. So I felt like more time sitting in the seats, more time looking at bodies, more time with, you know, these athletes getting on stage next to these people to see like where they were in conjunction with a different, with other people that was like invaluable. Um, and then like getting feedback from people, I'd always be like, okay, I think I know what they're going to say. Let's go see what the judges have to say. And pretty much I feel like they said the same things that I expected and great. That means we know what we're doing and we just got to do it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and another big thing that I learned was you just have to check and recheck athletes. I think that you can think that you have them figured out. They're backstage, they're tan, their makeup's done, they're pumping up. They're not necessarily. If they're standing back there for a long time, you need to go back there and check on them again. That's how I caught like hair that needed to be recurled, suits that needed to be adjusted, um, you know, eating a little bit more food, pumping up a little bit more. Like there's having, just having the right food. Oh, that was another good point. Yeah. I did have someone that, bless her heart, um, had sugar free candy for her pump up. And prep prep is hard, guys. It is. And when you're depleted, your brain just doesn't work. Well, and it was the same packaging, but yeah. it was just like a little color strip yeah. that was different at the top. 
And so I'm like, hmm, we need to get you something else. Uh, so like just check and recheck your athletes, um, especially like, it, yeah, it's hard to keep all of that on track and be in that mindset of like, I'm going to go out there and give them my best. Those little details are just, they can get lost pretty quickly. So um, yeah, I think that, and also for you and I, I've never had to share clients with anyone. And so it was a learning experience of like how, and we're still figuring that out, how to best communicate with each other um, in handling an athlete because we provide different services, but they have to be like coordinated together. So, and communication style, like what I'm talking to an athlete about and what the athlete needs to talk to, to you about are different things. So, yeah. We're figuring out now we have meetings and sit down and talk about each person all bullet points stuff from check-ins and then in the new year we'll institute some new things too so okay what did you learn as a coach um i think the last point that you were talking about is really just like how, how we need to work together and putting our systems in place to make um like athlete onboarding smoother and more efficient um and like you said about the communication, just like helping people to know what to communicate, how to communicate it, and who to communicate it with. Mm -hmm. I think those are very important points that um, a lot of times, especially in bigger companies, the, the coach doesn't necessarily have the time to devote to teach you these things. Sure. And, uh, we feel at Reckless Training, it's our job as your coaches to... Um, we're not just your prep coaches. We want to like help educate you in the field of like fitness and nutrition. And um, yeah, I, I see that as one of my most important, important roles. So I can ramble quite a bit sometimes when I'm talking about something that's exciting to me. But if you ask me a question, just be prepared for me to try to give you like basically all of my knowledge on it. <laughs> I'm not trying to withhold anything. I, I want you to know everything that I know. And I also don't expect for you to pick up 100% of what I'm word vomiting to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but I want you to hear it once. You're going to pick up what you can pick up. And then if you ask me a similar question or the same question again, I'm going to say it all all over to you again. And you're going to pick up a little bit more. And that's just, that's the name of the game. I mean, you just grow as you can. And um, I think it's really important. I think the role of an, of an athlete during prep is you're not a robot. And there comes a point in prep where you want to just be told what to do so you can go through the motions mm -hmm. because life is going to throw stuff at you that is going to demand like critical thinking and it's demand for you to do problem solving. And you don't want to have to do that in your prep. And right. that's completely understandable. Um, but I still think it's, you know, your, your job as an athlete to continue learning about yourself and your body so that you can give appropriate feedback to your coaches so that they can make the necessary changes mm -hmm. to make sure that your your programming continues to progress as efficiently as possible. That investment in your prep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, building muscle is hard. and Yes, it takes a long time. Yeah, it's very hard. So it's the more intentional you can be in the gym, um, the more efficient that process is going to be. So instead of going in and, and you know doing two hours of work and getting essentially one hour of you know, return on that investment, you can go in and do two hours of work and you get the full benefits of that, those two hours of work. So that's really what we're looking for, for our clients. Yeah. And it's a, it's a process, right? Like you're not just, we're not going to have one conversation and you're going to say, Oh, okay, that's all I have to do. Cause that's 
maybe what it sounds like, but that's not what it is. It, it's con continual, consistent practice. So, yeah. Yeah, we're figuring out. Um, yeah, I think everybody's growing together, which I yeah. like. And it's been fun. And and like we've talked about before, just the, the appreciation and support that our athletes show us. Um, at the end of the day, this is our yours and mine. It's our first year together in coaching. Mm -hmm. And we're building our systems and we're trying to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible. But we also don't want to let stuff slip through the cracks. Right. Um, in lieu of like setting some some generalized process up that is gonna not take care of each and every client individually as they need to be taken care of so we're kind of learning the balance there um we're getting as much you know generalized information as possible from each client and then we're kind of developing our questions so that we know what questions to ask next so that we can make sure that we're leaving no stone unturned when it comes to their nutrition and, and hypertrophy programming yeah exactly that's a good point um, and then also we both competed this year. Mm -hmm. So, um, I definitely learned a lot of new things competing this year. I was very happy to get back on stage, um, with a new physique, like more muscle. I felt more like I belonged up there, which was a huge, uh, encouragement to my mentality. Um, but I also was surprised that I got as conditioned as I did. I've never gotten that conditioned. Um, so I think that the main takeaway was I had to continue to train with intention. I couldn't get, like, I had to use weight. Um, like, you have to have resistance training to maintain that muscle when you are dieting and doing cardio like that. So finding that line of, like, continuing to bring that intensity to the training, I think, really helped. Um, and continuing to train my whole body through the prep, there was nothing that was like pulled out. I was training legs, I was training glutes, stuff might have been modified, but it, um, as far as like, you know, sets or reps or weight count or whatever, but I still was training my body the same. Um, and then I also had to learn to be a little bit more uncomfortable and that's where I think like the training intensity comes from. That's where like the long bouts of cardio come from. That's the like being hungry. I kind of like understood the being hungry part because I had done that in the past. But the training intensity and that much cardio, I had never done that. Um, okay, wait, maybe in a different fashion. But um, yeah, it was like be learning to be uncomfortable with those things but also I was getting like visual feedback it might have been really tiny some weeks and really small but I knew that I wanted to make those changes and it that meant you know making those uh lifestyle changes so um yeah I was like oh I'll never be conditioned and then this year I was like wow <laughs> what is happening yeah you got super lean you got lean oh my, I did I've never been that lean Holy cow. Um, but also had interruptions in my diet. Um, there was a lot of different things that happened with my nutrition. Everything was different and my body responded very well to it. So um, it helped me trust, you know, okay. Like I may not understand why I'm eating this or I might not understand why this is in my protocol, but I'm trusting that my coach is going to help me get to my best. And so that was a positive experience too. Um, 
and I had a different peak each show. Mm-hmm. That was wild. And it wasn't necessarily like big, huge changes. It was, sometimes it was like a matter of like a five carb difference from like day to day. But I really feel like Coach Paul did a good job of like knowing where my body was at in that peak week and then making adjustments to get. And so I have a different look for each show. I was looking at the pictures yesterday. I'm like, oh, completely different. And it's not necessarily like that progression of like one, two, three better, just like different. Um, and I think that that's pretty cool. So that's ex- that was exciting to learn too, that you can do do those different things with your body. Um, and I felt like I had more freedom in prep this year. This year taught me that I could have, I didn't have to be so anal about everything, which sometimes I still struggle with, but I'm learning. I'm learning that there's a time and a place for calculating every little single board, like stupid thing. And then there's actually a much broader space for being more relaxed about your food, not getting hyper stressed about everything, not being like, okay, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't want to be past 10 pounds above stage weight. Like if I fluctuate a little bit up, like it's okay because it will come back down. Understanding that certain foods just cause inflammation. If I want to have them, I'm going to look like that for a couple of days, but it's okay because it goes back down. Like it was a lot of like not learning to not reprimand myself for living my life and prioritizing what needed to be prioritized in certain seasons. So um, what did you learn as an athlete? I'm just rambling over here. Yeah, no, it's great. People want to know. They want to hear from Chris Nicole. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did also feel like expectations were managed very well. And that's something that I tried to do with my athletes more this year. Like, I get excited when people look really good. But I have to be careful that my excitement is not getting translated into like, you're going to win the entire show because there's no way for you to know that. Um, and when I went into shows this year, I think the first show I was like, hmm, maybe I'll get first call outs because I hadn't been on a pro stage in so long. So I had no idea. And then when I got my placement, I at first felt a little bit like, hmm, that's not what I thought was going to happen. But I did feel really proud standing in the middle of third call outs. I will still, I still feel proud about that. Because I wanted to own that spot, whatever lineup that is. And the callouts were small too. I think it was only five or six people per callout. So yeah, you're still top fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Out of like twenty or twenty-three girls, something like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's encouraging. I think you got thirteen. Um. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was six girls per callout, and then you were in the middle of third, which. Yeah, I was in the middle of third. Um, but anyhow, like. Another thing, too, is if you're getting off stage and you're just feeling like, oh, what happened? It was very helpful that I had people taking pictures and videos of me because I was like, wow, I look pretty good. (laughs) So that you have that because you can be in your head about like, I must have looked terrible because of this placement where I didn't look terrible. I just was not as muscular or fitting the criteria as good as the next person. So looking bad versus good is not the same Mm -hmm. in bodybuilding. You can look good, um, but like I said, not be 
the, the, the fitting the criteria as better as someone else can. And I know that's like a little bit less in the pro league, pretty much everybody fits the criteria, but it was encouraging to me to see a visual because in my head I was like, oh man, I did something. I might have done something really bad. Um, and I've heard other athletes talk about that too. Like they got off stage and they're like, man, I must've like posed like a, like a, an alien or a robot or something really weird. So, um, yeah, I mean, this year I just went into shows. Paul never was always very positive, but never like you are going to dominate, but I could ride his excitement, your excitement as well. Like you guys were just like, you're doing a great job. You look wonderful. He does a, and you both did a good job of like making sure that I was stepping on that stage confident. And that's what I think matters a lot is like, you could look amazing, but if you're not confident on that stage, that looks bad. Mm -hmm. um, and you're probably gonna be stressed, probably gonna hold some water with the inflammation. And why not have more positive experiences to make it less intimidating as you go through your career? So I appreciated that too. And um, yeah, I was like, I was, I mean, this is the first year where I'm like, man, I cannot wait to get back on stage again. Every year I'm like, oh gosh, when I'm ready, I'll let you know when we're going to pull the trigger. This year I'm like, maybe by fall. Oh, maybe by spring. Like I just, um, but I also want to make sure that I'm showing up with a physique that is ready for those improvements. We got plenty of stuff going on that, you know, I just want to be intentional about it. But. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else? Um, well, I guess for me, competing. Um, you learned about posing a lot. That yeah. how, how instrumental posing is. I think that was the biggest aspect. Um, I've cut for powerlifting meets before. Um, it was It was interesting. I had a good time. Mm. Um, I think in July, I competed with one of our clients, Michael O'Neill, and uh, and uh, because I had the other clients there, there was a lot less focus on me and what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I actually think I ended up bringing a better package. Mm -hmm. Then 10 weeks later, I was dieting the whole time, by the way. Mm -hmm. 10 weeks later, I'm pretty sure I came in and I, I don't think I looked as hard. Whereas, you know, two weeks before that second show, I know that I was leaner, but we had so much happen in the end of September, beginning of October. I just, I went on stage, man, I was super, I was so stressed. I was in such a bad mood that day and, and I needed to isolate after the morning show. I went out to the car and I just, I sat there, ate some candy and <laughs> yeah. had to collect said, myself. Go sit in the car yeah. and eat candy. Yeah. So good coach. It, that helped. Yeah. And then, and then we went out, we went to five guys. We got a burger, fries, sat there with my dad, my brother came out to the show and, um, yeah, by the end of the lunchtime, I, I was in a much better mood. So much better mood for finals. But I just felt like, you know, I wasn't moving right. I wasn't posing right. I just, I felt, you know, soft. I just did not feel great on that stage. Whereas in July, I mean, in my opinion, that was the best I had ever looked at that at that point in time. That was my mentality. Sure. And when you have that mentality, it's it, it comes through on the stage. Yes. And then you're looking at yourself, looking at yourself, looking at yourself for the next few weeks and you start picking it apart. 
Mm-hmm. And you start, like, the more you look at yourself, the more you notice all those tiny little details that you're like, oh, that's not right. All the judges are going to see that. Oh, that's not right. That's, you know, bubble. That could be better. So mentality for bodybuilding and obviously for powerlifting too. Um, if, if you pick a weight and you're like, man, I'm not sure if I'm going to get that. Right. You are so much less likely to lift that weight than if you go out there knowing, knowing that you're capable of lifting it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell people. I say, I know I'm a thousand pound deadlifter. Uh, maybe not today, not tomorrow, not next week, but I know that I'm capable. And if I load weight on the bar, it's because I know I'm about to pick it up. Mm. It, there's no question in my mind. Um, and bodybuilding has to be the same thing. You just have to know that you did what you came here to do. And now it's time to show it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you said, posing was definitely the hardest part for me. Uh, I have wide hips. And I've been told I have powerlifter waist. I don't necessarily know that it's my waistline that's an issue, but my hips are just wider than the. So I took fifth in my second show, mm-hmm. so untested show down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I still think I might have been like the biggest guy in the top five. Uh, you had the most muscle. It was yeah, wild. You look at the top five and you're like, dude, who's that? Why is he? In? Well, Mr. Bodybuilder, according to Dr. Pete. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all their V tapers were just right. crazy. It's and, fitting the criteria. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in all fairness, it was my second show and all those guys were, you know, relative exactly. veterans and, yeah. um, when they hit a pose, they knew exactly what they were doing. Exactly. And th- at least that's what it looked, you know, I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's what it looked like. And I was up there like repositioning. I'm like, dude, I just don't feel right. I, and of course, Tim Gardner was down there and I saw him looking at me. I'm like, oh man, like, <laughs> don't look at me. Yeah, don't look at me today. I'm, I'm, I feel fat today. You know? um, but <clears throat> yeah, it was the, and the other thing that threw me off with the morning show is that you don't do your routine and it, it seems like every show kind of runs it a little, little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, the show in July, you did a 30 second routine, whereas this one. Oh yes, you're right. Um, I don't even know if you did that. You I just came they... out and they lined you up and you did your mandatories. Mm-hmm. And man, Tim just kept hitting on that front double bicep, which is my worst pose. It is my worst pose. Um, but since then, every time I go in the gym, if I practice posing, it's my front double bicep, there which you is. Go. Weird, because that's like the pose every gym bro practices, right? But it's yeah. just like I preferred my back poses, yeah. I, it, which is also kind of ironic because my back has never been my strong suit up until I injured my back. And um, I really started focusing on building my, my back and my pecs because those have always been my weak points. Sure. So, um, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. I uh, worked with uh, Coach Barbs um, on posing. He, he's super relaxed. He is really good at um, positional cues and putting you where you need to be and looking at your body and saying, uh, that doesn't look good. Let's try this. Uh, that doesn't look good. Let's try this. Oh, that looks great. That's where you need to be. Um, and then seeing you go through your routine and saying, oh, you could even add this in there. You can do this. You can do this. Oh, yeah, that looks sick. That's what you need to do. You need to show off your tricep. looks really good. You need to make sure you show that off every single chance you get. So he puts these things in your head that like, give you something to focus on while you're up there on that stage, either going through your routine or even just going through your transitions for your mandatories. Um, so yeah, if you're, uh, if you're in the King of Prussia area up in Pennsylvania, definitely check him out. He's over at power build. Um, um, he's offered zoom calls for me too, for the posing, but I, I'm sure that it's going to be more beneficial to at least get one session in person with him first. Um, and then maybe you can move to online, but, but yeah, being able to put hands on someone when you're doing posing sessions is like, it's, it's highly beneficial. Um, I feel like I learned some things 
about wellness posing mm-hmm. from watching him work with you. Like just how to emphasize certain muscle groups that you don't necessarily do in bikini. I was like, oh, I bet that that would work in. And same with like now we have figure. We're trying to, you know, we have Becky doing figure and cueing uh, like back connection. It's just pretty. That's what I mean. It's like I think sometimes people get. Yes, you want to be strong in your category or craft or, you know, you you attract what you are. But you can also learn a lot from other sports. And even like Men's Classic taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to click. No, it's okay. There, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like these positional cues, they can be extrapolated to different, different divisions and different categories. It's um, really crazy. Even like feet positioning. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been, it was really fun to learn all these things. And the other thing that I think it helped with is, uh, I'm still struggling with some different abdominal activation and, and some back issues and hip issues. Like it's, it's been really frustrating (laughs) because all I want to do is lift heavy. Mm -hmm. And my goal this year with bodybuilding was to kind of balance myself out to get back to powerlifting. And my goal is to step on stage on the platform at world championships this year. Um, unfortunately after my show down in Florida, I did some squats, felt great, decided I need to do squats again two days later. Um, did not feel so great after that. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, that kind of threw, threw curveball at me. But, um, again, it's just, it's God saying you need to, you need to slow down and, and be logical to this approach to getting back on the platform. Um, but I think that all these positional cues are showing me different activation patterns throughout my, you know, thoracic spine and my, you know, my lumbar, the core area, as well as just the neck extensors and, you know, cervical area, your spine too. So it's, it's been, it's been interesting. And then just from there down to the ground and how you're rooting, which I already knew this, but how you're rooting just affects literally everything upstream. But it's so easy to forget once you solidify something. Sure. It's so easy to move on and just forget that how important that mm-hmm. that aspect and that variable is. So, um, rediscovering some positional cues and um, kinetic chain aspects that you have to take into account when you're posing, I know 100% are going to help with powerlifting. So. Eventually, we're going to be rolling out a power building division in 100% raw, and uh, it's definitely going to be a passion project of mine because I think that the two sports go really well together, and one can teach you a lot of things for the other, and one can make you a much better athlete in the other sport as well. So, Or just date someone who does the opposite sport. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Yeah, all the benefits through osmosis. On the next episode, Chris Nicole talks about her powerlifting career. <laughs> um, well, it's coming. She's deadlifted 275 for everyone out there lift, listening. So, oh. Yeah, just, she, it's coming. That one time I was having a good day. Uh, yeah, no, I lo- actually really love deadlifting. I've, I've always felt like I had a pretty strong um, posterior chain, so. Yeah, and it's fun. Like, it's fun lifting heavy weight, and our girls are seeing that now, too. Like, they're coming out, they're reversing out of shows, and everyone's starting to feel super strong, and I love it. Like, I mean, one of our wellness athletes emailed me and said, I, you know, I can I squat 275 pretty regularly for, like, I think she said, like, sets of six or something. And I'm That's like, insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, these girls are getting strong, and they're realizing that, like, strength breeds size in muscles. Yes. 
and but it also just makes you feel empowered and a strong life is an easier life and you you can choose where you want the difficulties in your life do you want it for you know two hours a day five days a week or do you want it anytime you bend over to pick something up anytime you're walking up the stairs anytime you're standing up from sitting on the toilet like it's you get to choose where your life is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard no matter what, mm -hmm. but but you get to choose when it's hard. And if you place that difficulty in the gym, doing something that you love doing, the rest of your life is just going to be infinitely easier. So, yes, I love it. Mm. Well, yeah, this year has taught us a lot. There's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of craziness. Um, but I do think that it's been overall really positive i'm very thankful uh kind of like we were talking about in the beginning just thankful for not just our athletes people that trust us with their health and their goals but like the combination of people that just have come out of every i don't know like group of my life in your life that has been supportive from like family to friends so to i don't know i just can't I don't think I'll ever be able to express like how much it's meant to us. So yeah, it's been a good year. We are going to definitely um, take everything we learned, institute it. We have more things we're going to be learning as well, which will give us um, some more things to share with you guys on the podcast um, to make sure that, you know, it keeps us accountable too. what are we teaching our listeners? Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much everything we wanted to discuss today. So if you are interested in getting started with TCRI with coaching, you can go to recklesstraining.com and take a look at our webpage. We are also on Instagram. TC is found at longshotgamble. I am at chrisnicole underscore IFBB pro. And our uh, company is at reckless underscore training. If you are interested in raw events, 100% raw events, which is a drug-tested powerlifting federation, you can, you want to plug this one where they can find on Instagram? Sure. Yeah. On Instagram, we are uh, raw underscore powerlifting underscore federation. Um, and we also have a Facebook page as well. It's just 100% raw powerlifting federation. Uh, and then there are some, you know, subsidiary pages like, you know, the North Carolina, the New Jersey, the Empire State, the California, uh, all those pages. Um, and you can reach out if you want to find something in your area. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have a schedule on rawpowerlifting.com. There's a schedule for all the meets and stuff. Um, I'm working on having like the pre the next year solidified by the world championships. So that we can better advertise for the events. Um, check out that reel. Go on Instagram and yeah, check out yeah, that reel. Sure go like like it that. and watch it 100 times like yep. I did. And I'm telling you, like, the first year is always the worst year. So this yeah, that was a pretty good worst year. Yep. This will be the worst world championship that we, that we have going forward. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, if you have any questions about that or about upcoming events, you know, we have a few exciting ones. Like next year, we're going to be at the Miami Expo. Um, going to be doing a new style event there, you know, we'll more, over that. more information yeah. to come on that, but that one's going to be really exciting. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, we'll give a more content, uh, like updates on events and stuff like that. But if you like our podcast, please feel free to leave a review. Uh, it, we very much appreciate the reviews. Anything positive is 
that it's our paycheck. So give us five stars, subscribe, write something positive if you appreciate this podcast and also feel free to share with your friends so they can help find us as well. And anything else? Yeah, and uh, we're looking to do a Q&A episode soon. So probably uh, probably for next week, we want to do a Q&A to kind of wrap up the year. And, uh, you know, make sure you send us your questions. You know, anything that you're curious about, whether it's about us as athletes, us as coaches, um, us as small business owners, um, as event coordinators, um, there's plenty of topics to be, you know. To, Where can they send that? To cover uh, any of our Let's outlets. have you guys send it to reckless, reckless underscore training on go. Instagram. So it's all in one spot. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear. All right, guys. Do you want to take us out, TC? Um, oh, just one more quick thing. I know oh, okay. I touched on the discount codes earlier. But oh, again, yeah. Good point. If you want OCD cookies, that's literally their name. It's OCD Cookie Company. Um, we have a discount code for them. It's Reckless13, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-1-3. And then we have a discount code for Core Nutritionals, which is RAW20, R-A-W-2-0. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure we have discount codes for other stuff, but those, that's the new, that's the new stuff. Okay. Take us out. As always work hard, stay humble and train reckless. Was that two hours and 26 minutes? No, that's what we have left on SD card. Oh. But it was almost two hours, I think. We can make these shorter somehow. Don't talk as much. I try to make us organized. I was completely joking when I said